Hello and welcome to the 5W Football Podcast, where we discuss the who, the what, the where, the when, and the why of the beautiful game. That was Joe Davies on the guitar for the jingle, and I'm Andrew Misra on the mic. Coming up today, pain at the Bernabouch, Solari frowns, rail go down, time for someone else to take their European crown. It's ciao adios I'm shun after Tadic makes rail madage as the former saint rises again. In Italy, Juve can get back under the duvet, domestically at least. A 16 point lead now for the Turin based beast. Scotty Parker starts at Fulham, but will his charm be enough to pull him? up the table. As 5W prophecies continue to come true, it's OGS at PSG to see who goes through. Also DDG v GG, but no more spurs at Wembley. Balotelli celebrating on the gram, Grealish is sending corners back with a wham. Germany laying off their most experienced worker spells the end for their yoghurt named lurker. And can the Lionesses climb to a whole new level under the guidance of Philip Neville? All that and more on today's 5W football podcast interspersed with an appropriate amount of trivia and questions throughout. Very rainy day here in Sheffield today. I got very wet on my short walk into the podcast studio and was let in by a lovely lady as usually who I really hope does listen to this, but I probably doubt that she does. Nevertheless, I've got a returning Jack Perry who's... Looking very relaxed. Um, looks like he hasn't had his hair cut in as long as he usually does. Are you due one? I am actually due a haircut, yeah. yeah. I'm disappointed you noticed that, to be honest. But Yeah, so, yeah I'll, I'll I feel a bit bad now. But yeah, I, it's just normally it's very, very like tightly. I think I'll take that as a compliment. I'll get it done soon yeah. for you, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not to say it looks bad. Okay, it, thank it you. Looks, it looks passable. <laughs> I think. Um, Barney Stevenson, how are you? I'm quite good, actually, this yeah. afternoon, Andrew. Yeah. A year older, year wiser? I think so, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I feel like I've been dealing with situations in a way that I maybe wouldn't have done before. And yeah, everything's going in the right direction. Any yeah. examples of uh, things you've been dealing with today that perhaps you would have dealt with in a more immature way in, in, yeah. in days gone by? Absolutely. So I, um, we've just had our IPSO NCTJ test. Right. And um, I rushed through the questions, as I think a lot of people did. But um, the 23-year-old me would have probably just pressed submit after question 10. Recklessly. You know? Recklessly, yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought, no, I'm 24 now. How should I be behaving? So I went back, checked through my questions, changed one of my answers, crucially, and uh, passed the test. Well done. That's, that's like, so we perhaps even go as far to say that last, last week you wouldn't have passed the test because of your reckless actions. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. I would have. I would have failed and probably, I probably wouldn't even be here today. After wow. failing that, I would have probably dropped out of the course. God, that was dramatic. Yeah. Um, Lewis Steele, uh, who didn't speak a lot last week, which is partly my fault, but back in the hot seat. Yeah, I was quite reserved last week, wasn't I? Mm. But I'm back raring to go. Yeah. Are you feeling more mature at all? Though? I am, well, I've, um, I try and better myself every week and I feel like I've done that this week. Yeah. Uh, I've passed a couple of exams. <laughs> Got a few results back today, which I passed. Um, won the won a league at football last night. What else have I done? Made pancakes successfully. Um, Has anything not been going successfully for you? No, it's been a good week so far. Um, well, actually, um, I lay out the washing on the drying rack and knocked it over, so that was quite upsetting. Right. Yeah. So a few. I ended up with a few socks on the floor. Was the floor sort of you know sufficiently clean so that? You oh, obviously, to, yeah, yeah. Clean the floor uh, weekly. Um, laminate flooring. Yeah. Right. Is that a a mop, a thorough mop, or a, a vacuum? 
Um, well, this is the thing. I'm thinking of investing in the Hoover map. Right. So we feel. I feel like we've come full circle here. Throw water down <laughs> and you Hoover it up. But it's a map as well. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, like, I'd like the sound of that as and well. that's back in episode 4 that um, Jack Perry offered a, a Hoover recommendation the so house stick yeah, cleaner if, if, I could recommend yeah, he used that, it yesterday actually he did yeah. a very fine job so yeah, shout out to Von House yeah if that's yeah. perked your interest listen go back and check out episode 4 and do so anyway regardless of your interest in, in Hoovering uh, anyway football matters um, the main thing I picked up from the weekend in the last few days is that this podcast definitely has a very real effect on football mm. Um, mm. it's I would say almost incontrovertible now that that is the case. Yeah, um, we had more nil-nils. The Merseyside derby was a nil-nil. The Steel City derby, where we are, of course, was also a nil-nil. Uh, I don't want to claim them as our results, but then you know they're not coincidences, are they? It's definitely not coincidence. Well, yeah, and also we were talking about Spurs not drawing last week, and what what was their score at the weekend? Um, they it was a draw against Arsenal. Well, it wasn't sadly, but. Um, you know, wasn't it? <laughs> it was the drew. Yeah, it was the draw. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I thought you were talking like about the contentious penalty in some way. I thought you were saying, well, actually, it wasn't because of. Oh, right. I think what I thought, what I thought for. Thought I think I thought for a second that um, they'd drawn a lot of games. I got myself confused and thought they'd drawn a lot of games. <laughs> no, they have drawn zero. Well, they've drawn one now. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, I watched that game with our very own Joe Davies and. When the penalty was awarded, I was very excited because I, as you know, I want this. I wanted their non-drawing mm. to continue. Mm. Alas, it did not. How did uh, Joe Davis conduct himself during the North London derby? Um, he was calm, but not too calm. Mm. So you could. It was you know you passionately could, calm. You could tell he was an Arsenal fan, um, mainly because he was wearing an Arsenal shirt. Mm. No, he was he he get he gets animated at times, um. But if you were sort of watching it and you weren't a fan of either team, you wouldn't feel like you had to support Arsenal because you'd be scared he was gonna, yeah. You know, assault you. Should, he collected, yeah. of the of the three C's, cool, calm, and collected. Was, th- which one was he, or was he all of the above? Um, he was more on the cool side, I'd right. say. Interesting. I'll note that one down. I feel the like calm. Side of I feel like calm and collected very much go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. That's generally why. I think Collette said a key words about him. Yeah. Um, other football things that happened. Now that we've cleared up the Tottenham did draw. Because I got really confused then. I Yeah, I was worried. I Can, like so, Spurs won, Arsenal won. Yeah, they drew. They drew. Yeah, we're happy with that. I'm happy with that. Um, Romelu Lukaku scored two for Man United and he's now scored 113 Premier League goals. Jack, you're quite enthusiastic about uh, Lukaku generally. Was this pleasing for you, his resurgence? I am enthusiastic about him. I, f- I kind of feel like he gets a bit of a um, hard run from the press. I just feel he is a very good striker, and I don't, I don't think he's he's ever going to be really, really elite. But everyone kind of wrote him off as Rashford's coming as playing really well and forcing him onto the bench, and that's that's fair enough. But I think having him in the squad is still such a good option and he's, he's shown that I mean those of those four goals three of them with his weaker foot which he kind of notoriously um, is uh, supposedly much weaker with and they were all very fine finishes as well and I just think <coughs> generally he just gets just gets a bit of a, a tough time um, by fans and um, the media alike really and I don't think he's deserved that 
Yeah, I was very impressed with those right footed finishes. Mm. Not seeing that much. Yeah, it was a classic kind of bottom corner strike. Mm. like make a tiny bit of space for yourself, finish at bottom corner. That's yeah. what you, you in those games where we where we're depleted injury wise. You you need someone to step up and, and kind of create a goal from nothing. And he he's done that for us in in the last two games and essentially won six points um, for us when we needed it most. So I've, yeah, I'm very pleased with him. Did Rashford play? Uh, he did, yeah. Did he go off to the side? He did, yeah. And that's that's one kind of thing I I thought about is whether having Lukaku makes Rashford less uh, effective. But mm. I've I have enjoyed Lukaku coming off the right recently. I was going to say in the in the uh, in the Liverpool game, did he not play on the? Did Lukaku not mm. come on and play on the wing? Yeah, yeah. He's done that a few times actually when Rashford started. So that I, I quite like. That. He's actually. A, of an underrated crosser of the ball weirdly when he cuts in from the right and he, mm. he can swing it in with his left he's actually quite good at that so I, perhaps in the future if, if we're looking away to field Rashford and Lukaku together alongside Martial him on the right wouldn't be such a mm. monstrous idea I mm. think yeah good level of flexibility to have uh, Brendan Rodgers got himself off to a losing start as his side went down 2-1 to Watford uh, Chelsea won 2-1 against Fulham Higuain scored Jorginho made an actual real empirical contribution to a football match he scored a goal um, Kepa was back in the in the Chelsea net and this was Scott Parker's first game as manager Lewis uh, you're a bit of a fan of Scott Parker right? uh, yeah I quite like him actually um, Andrew um, not as a, well I've not seen enough of him as a manager yet but I seem to like him when he was a player Um mainly in his latter days of his career when he sort of it was sort of the time where everyone in England started to stand up and take notice to Andre Pirlo I'm not for any second comparing per- Parker and Pirlo Parker was much better wasn't he? Obviously exactly but um, Parker sort of had his little slick back hair which was not the in which Pirlo then went and copied yeah well the, the in haircut <laughs> in 2011 was like the the Justin Bieber sort of haircut wasn't it mm. um, and Scott Parker donned the um, the next generation of haircuts before anyone else. I feel mm. he was um, in that England kit where it's like a, a dark blue with a light blue trim. Very very good player. One of my favourites. Non City players. What was your life. hair like in two thousand and eleven, Lewis? Oh, um, it was you've never had anything but short back and side surely <laughs> solid <laughs> character <laughs> I, I bet to differ <laughs> I, um, I did have a, a longer sort of floppy sort of floppy disc sort of haircut um, <laughs> and then I went to the hairdressers one day and had it all top of no but um, I asked for a free round the back and sides and then and here we are and leave it on top it's evolved, evolved <laughs> <now>. nice <coughs> yeah might go to the hairdressers tomorrow yeah should go with Jack <laughs> yeah, you should. I might come. Yeah, I think I'm about a week off, personally. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, football. Juventus won two one at Napoli um, at the weekend. That was a very big result. It puts them sixteen points clear at the top of Serie A. Napoli are also quite clear of third in second place. I'm not sure the exact number of points, but they've got quite a comfortable gap there so that almost looks a bit done and dusted already I think Juventus have won 23 and 26 um, which is very impressive they haven't lost a game Barcelona beat Real Madrid 1-0 in La Liga to go 7 points clear at the top of the Spanish league that also kind of looks like it's done and dusted um, not as done and dusted as Serie A but it looks pretty pretty secure um, 
as we said last week, Varley Messi's underrated. Um, mm. Didn't score at the weekend against Real. What's he good for? Terrible player. Awful. Yeah, Rakitic carrying the team yet again. Uh, lovely finish, by the way. Did you see that Rakitic goal? Very underrated player, Rakitic. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I would agree. Really nice little. Uh, gets played through on goal, and he just he just lifts it, slips it over the goalkeeper. Very nice indeed. Uh, Getafe are fourth now in La Liga. Um, Lewis, you're a bit of a Getafe aficionado. Well, I'm not a Getafe aficionado. I just like um, teams that overperform. I'm not really took a particular liking to Getafe, uh, but they are a very good team. They're fourth. I'm not sure how many points clear, but if they were to get top four in Champions League ahead of the likes of Sevilla, um, Athletic and a few like Betis as well are quite good. It would be a very well, it'd be a massive surprise. I've never seen that in La Liga before. That lower team, they're normally around the 15th lower sort of areas. Manager Jose Bordalias, very good manager. Um, they got Alaves promoted, who are also doing very well. I think they're fifth. Um, so yeah, they could get top four. I don't think they will, mm. even under a few points clear. But who do you think will come in? I think Sevilla are just a bit too good. Although Alaves as well. Who's seventh? Does anyone know? Um, um, I've got it here. Seventh bar, Valencia. Uh, Valencia, right? Their manager's okay. I think his name's Marcelino. But yeah, it would be, be a tough race. There's a lot of good top four Who's races. Who's Setian manager? Setian manager's Betis. Who? Oh, are they doing? They dropped off. I think they're ninth. Um, <laughs> eighth. Eighth or ninth. Um, they got knocked out of Europa as well. Lost in the semi-final of Copa del Rey. Maybe you jinxed them. Maybe, I like Setien. Um, yeah. but like he's tipped for the Barca job. But then Valverde could easily win a treble or a double at least this season. I think they give it Messi. Just let him be the club for yeah. like five years. Yeah, I can live for that. Um, yeah, I think they'd win everything. Are we um, going to use this moment to talk about Real Madrid's kind of demise at the moment, or are we waiting to discuss that? Jack, we can sure. talk about the demise of Real Madrid if, you, if, you, if you so wish. Um, <laughs> I just feel like we're discussing the Liga and it they're in feels a, fitting. They're in uh, a bit of a state. Well, they've just exited the Copa del Rey out of the title race and then out of the Champions League uh, in the space of a week, essentially, which... and. That's the point Carbajal was making in his uh, post-match interview. Did anyone see that? He's, he was basically yeah, in tears. Very upset, though, wasn't he? Yeah, and um, I mean, it's, I quite liked seeing a player that upset about his team losing. I, I mean, really? not in a kind of sadistic way, but I, sounded, I like that. Sounded really, quite sadistic. Well, I, I, I like it in a sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoy that he clearly cares that much for the club. But he yeah, came through at Madrid, didn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah. So I. Yeah, I know. I very much enjoyed that, but yeah, they're in quite a state at the moment. Um, I think the season's basically going to just write it off. Really, they've not got anything to compete for. Well, um, I absolutely love the fact that that thing happened to Ramos that he, you know, <laughs> got his second yellow because he thought the second leg would be won <laughs> so easily. When when Hello, does he get yeah. that ban then? Uh, like next season you don't, you, you don't, not do you go into moment. the Europa League if you're losing you don't go no, into the Europa you don't, League do you? if you finish third in that's group. a real shame well it'll be in the Europa League next season then unless he disappears um, no well, they're the third aren't they in, in La Liga so they'll, they'll be in the Champions League to play in the Madrid derby they're actually only six points clear of Hetafe, which is not completely I reckon they will finish strongly though because if it gets if it gets any worse Surely he gets sacked, someone comes in and then yeah, they have a bounce. Who comes in, did he just get, I don't know. Beckham? 
I hate Real Madrid, so I find it very. Who, funny. who will come in? Because they will, they will make a big appointment. Where they, 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 they won't stick with Scolari. They might try and do a Solskjaer esque thing. Ramos, <laughs> to be fair, Figo, isn't it? Yeah, Ram. I don't think Ram- Ramos. Maybe. Because Barca have now overtaken them on El Clasico Damn wins it. as well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So it's quite a big kind of could be a turning point for this season. Maybe they're just going to absolutely mm. chuck. Yeah, where's his next job actually? I'm very I think, it's, uh, I think it's either in Portugal or at Portugal. No, I don't think he's that bad that he'll get it. I think not PSG? I don't think PSG. I think PSG would now see themselves as being too good potentially too I'm good too, for. Tuchel's a good manager, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. Yeah, he's not going to go for a while. No, I back could see him going back to Madrid actually. Maybe bring a bit of fighting spirit back mm. to. He's. A, I don't know. He, he's quite a sort, isn't he? More of a Barca like Cruyffian style manager though. Who hey, Mourinho? No, uh, Tuchel. Oh yeah, oh, I was on about Mourinho. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. 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 Back to Chelsea for another spell, maybe after yeah, Sarri is inevitably yeah. uh, cut. I don't know. Yeah. Anyone else got anything else they'd like to add on Real Madrid? I'm, I'm, pleased, just, I'm very pleased it's happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm and I, I think that it will. Um, I think you know that it's a, it's a bit of the end of an era for yeah. Real's dominance, and I think it will take them a season on two to get back yeah. and they will get back obviously because they're, they're the big biggest club what in the world what do you think um, Yulin Lopetegui's up to right now do you think he's yeah. doing a David Cameron in the like post Brexit like, trotters up <laughs> trotters up on a beach in Nice with a glass of uh, <laughs> with a glass of wine possibly yeah possibly um, coming back to that idea of like, you know they're the biggest club in the world people would have said that about United wouldn't they I suppose but it is, I think it is different I well, yeah well, I say the biggest I mean I think I think yeah they actually maybe are I think, I think there's never are. been a period well no there has but there's not been a period for a very very long time when Real haven't been you know properly up there yeah. with the biggest in the world Barca <clears throat> Barca have dropped off more arguably I think than Madrid ever had Barca had a bad season in 2003 I think Prior to signing Ronaldinho, or maybe Ronaldinho's first season, I think I think they had in um, Patrick Kluivert's last season, yeah. I believe at uh, Barca they had a bad season. Well, Real obviously had this massive gap, didn't they, between their ninth and tenth Champions Leagues? That was the whole decimal thing, yeah. wasn't it? That they won it was it two thousand and two when they won it against Bayer yeah. Leverkusen, and then they didn't win it again until two thousand and fourteen. Yeah, massive gap. Which gi- given <laughs> yeah, yeah for Real Madrid it is yeah yeah. Given that they yeah you at no point in that would you have said they weren't. You would have team. said they were contenders. They would always have been first or second season. in La Liga. Yeah, maybe the occasional third. Yeah, they were. They've qualified for. Every Champions League that I can remember. And throughout that period, they've always, that they've always signed the players. Throughout that period, they they, had yeah. the Galaxy, they were signing Beckham. They signed um, Robin Schneider. You no, know, that's what I was going to say. They did have a, the period they signed. I'm trying to think. Was it um, Ben Schuster? Yeah. Who was manager? He's and, a Dutch guy, isn't he? Yeah, and I think he's German, but he signed 
the Dutch. He signed um, Van. I think he signed Van der Vaart, Robin Schneider. They also had Huntelaar. Yeah, so Hunt. yeah. That story went. Uh, yeah, exactly. Drenthe. Yeah. Drenthe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all that. Yeah. Um, but that period wasn't particularly successful, was it? For no. Right? no. That sort of in between mm. period, like you say. But they were still signing in. players that were like, you know, they yeah. should be doing yeah. stuff with these. Yeah, yeah. They're going to need to spend 250 million probably this summer if they want to get back to Barca's house. Surely they need, they, to for the they need to get Hazard, surely. Because when Messi leaves, yeah. they've got a real chance of being able yeah. to get back <coughs> into the dominance of La Liga. What I find pretty crazy is that Barca have won, what, seven of the last 10 La Ligas? just check this it was right and Real have only won two of those with Atletico mm. getting the other but yeah in that time they've obviously won what how many Champions Leagues at least four four yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, mad, yeah, I find it? it pretty crazy how many of Barca won in that time have they won I don't know Messi's got three I think well they won the two under Pep and then they won one they won it in 9-11 9-11 then they won it 15 and then have they won it since then no, no. Who? They, won it, they won it in 2006. They won it in 2006 against Arsenal, then yeah. 2009 in Rome against United, 11 against United in Wembley. Because like, if they got to a final, I could not see like Messi just not turning up. Like, yeah, it, he would just turn up and have the game of his career in a final. Yeah, I think people like Rakitic as well. Yeah, I think Rakitic. he's quite. I mean, I know he is getting plaudits at the moment. I think he's quite an underrated player, really. Yeah. Rakitic. I suppose so, yeah. I think he had a fantastic World Cup as well, and that got slightly overshadowed Mod- by Modric. Modric yeah, yeah. Uh, elsewhere in the Champions League, well, I say elsewhere in the Champions League, Tottenham won one nil away at Dortmund. Dortmund put a lot of pressure on their goal in the first half, but they somehow managed to keep them out, and then Harry Kane scored basically with his first shot. That puts them four nil up on aggregate, and after that, it kind of just is ended as a tie. Um, we haven't really talked about Ajax in all that. Um, and all that drivel about uh, Real Madrid um, but Ajax did defeat Real Madrid 4-1 yesterday at the Bernabeu um, Dusan Tadic was exceptional um, I'm quite a big fan of Dusan Tadic generally I even was when he was at Southampton um, I do think he was good at Southampton I think everybody always thought he was quite good no one maybe would have said oh he could go to the Bernabeu and you know tear Real Madrid apart <coughs> But I think for a player like him, it is very much dependent on who you're with. If you are a creative player like that, I know he scored yesterday, um, but I remember him saying something when he arrived in um, the UK with Southampton that he sometimes values assists more than goals, which is a very Özil-esque statement. But I do remember him saying that. So if you are a player like that, you are going to be very dependent on the players around you. Southampton clearly weren't. Mm. And his second well assist, his second assist last night was disgusting. Quite something, just the yeah. little roulette. And then yeah. slot through. Yeah, wow. that's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, but um, Ajax. It's good to see that. I think that's the first knockout tie that they've won in twenty-two years in the Champions League. Um, it's nice to see Ajax back at the top table, isn't it, Van? It is. It's very nice. And yeah, touching on Tadic as well. It's a it was a quite a strange move. Um, Ajax signing Tadic because he was. He was obviously at Southampton, he wasn't one of the biggest players in the Premier League, but he was certainly, you'd maybe put him in a kind of dream team of players outside of the top six. And so for Ajax to be signing a player of that calibre, who's already an established Premier League player, is quite an unusual thing for them. Um, But they've got an excellent team this year, and um, 
judging from what I've seen of that game last night, they really showed up, and I, th- I, I think they could, I think they could actually do something in this year's Champions League. I don't think they're going to win it, but I, I could see them get into the semis. Imagine if they won. Uh, it would be I'd absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like all those players as well. I just, I'd love to see them retain their, the team for even if it's just one more season. I'd, I'd love it if they could keep hold of. I, think it, I just get a sense that their whole yeah. model isn't even built to even think about retaining them. Do you no. know what I mean? Like if they say they did, they just wouldn't. They probably wouldn't even. Even if the players wanted to, you know, you've got like Delict and De Jong, who's already yeah. agreed to go to Barca. Yeah. All those players, if they if they said actually we want to stay, they made that decision consciously between them. I can't even then see the club being turned around and being like, well, that's great, that's lovely that you want to stay, but we actually cannot. <laughs> It's yeah. not within our structure, our means to be able to double your wages. We can't do it. You're gonna have to go. Yeah. So that's a little bit sad, I suppose. Yeah. Well, something that's annoyed me this uh, today on Twitter and that people seem to be talking about Ajax as like a hipster club, but they're not like. It's not like a Monaco of a few seasons who sort of come out of nowhere. Like Ajax are one of the biggest teams in Europe. Um, and me and Barney have both read uh, Brilliant Orange, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Which we've discussed in this podcast before. And that it's a book about Dutch football, but it mentions PSV and Feyenoord about three times, isn't it? It's all about Ajax and Cruyff and that. Um, and basically, it's all about the Ajax DNA, which was basically shown last night. They have a, their principle is to bring through three youth players every season. And I think last night there were six of them in the first team. Of yeah. Uh, it might have been six, maybe even seven, uh, but but there's a good quote from uh, Johan Cruyff that I'd like to uh, say, which is, "Why couldn't you beat a richer club? I've never seen a bag of money score a goal," which I quite liked because mm. obviously Madrid are the richest club in the world. Did yeah. you tweet that yesterday? No, I didn't. Oh, right. I, no. Thought, I saw you tweet something. That was a quote. I think, he t- I think he tweeted it. I'm sure. Yeah, Cruyff. Johan Cruyff tweeted it. Cruyff tweeted it. Oh, no. <laughs> Johan Cruyff. <laughs> Foundation, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. <laughs> it was from his account, ran by. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wi Fi's good these days. <laughs> yeah. That would have been quite a, a pod revelation. That uh, yeah. Ben Clark, who's uh, been described as a learned friend of Lewis Steele by my producer, um, supports <laughs> Leeds apparently. Um, but, Presuming that you put learned friend in there, Lewis. Um, I just like how you said producer, you know. And, um, well, it was my producer. Max Russian always says, producer Daniel, or whatever yeah. he says. Who on. should our producer be? Um, we'll make who it. should it be? Phil. Producer Phil. Producer yeah. Phil, yeah. I like Phil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so producer Phil. Question from Ben Clark, a learned friend of Lewis Steele, who supports Leeds. Um, do you want to give a quick shout out to Ben Clark since he's your learned friend? Yeah, hi Ben, you're right, um, you're right, B. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a Leeds fan and it's part of my um, I like Bielsa, as we've documented before, um, and probably B did sort of say something about it. He asked, have you read out the question? No, I haven't. B I just asked, thought you might like to Dusan, talk about him. Dusan Tadic, tonight was exceptional, last night he means. The panel's greatest career That's resurrections, please. That's producer Phil. That's producer Phil. Greatest career resurrections, please. He says, please. So. Stick to football if possible. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Ooh, career resurrections. Yeah, I like it good. Well, we've started Lent today, so obviously we're nearing right. nearing the time of the resurrection. I mean, arguably Scott Parker had a career resurrection. He did, he did. Because he moved to Chelsea from Charlton. Yeah, he was good at Charlton, I liked him at Charlton. And then his career 
So, I don't really know where his career went from Chelsea for a while. Ryan Babel. You'd probably have to say. Because he didn't play for Netherlands yeah, uh, yeah, for Babel, like yeah. nine Absolutely. years. He had like a yeah. nine-year gap and then yeah. he came back in. And he's still quite a big part of the Netherlands setup now. Mm. And they've got quite good again. Yeah, yeah. No, Ryan Babel is a very obvious topical one at the moment. Uh, Jacko at Roma. I quite like him. Did his career ever go yeah, downhill? He was pretty, he was pretty bad at his last couple of seasons at City. Fair enough. Um, I think Arjen Robbins worth a shout. Mm. He didn't fully dip. It, it maybe wasn't so much a resurrection because when he was back at, you know, the whole cut inside mm. party trick thing, he wasn't really known for that at Chelsea. From what I remember, he may have done it a couple of times, but he didn't score all that many. He was just a very tricky customer. He could just mm. beat everyone, and they played that. Um, they had Robin and Duff either side and they were just very difficult out and out wingers yeah. um, he didn't develop that so maybe that's not so much a resurrection but um, a progression yeah Hatton Ben Arthur's had various resurrections yeah. and then also it's the opposite of a resurrection just a death Surrection. Um but he's done that, hasn't he? Um, he got very good Nice for a while, and then did. moved to PSG. Right. And I think, what did he flop again at PSG? Is he at Ren? A little bit, and then they got to a point where they just wouldn't play him ever again because he said something to um, <clears throat> the like the Arab person who's got like a lot of power at PSG. The owner of PSG. Yeah. It wasn't the owner, such as like the um, presidential kind of figure. Yeah. In fact, that's, that's, a, that's a, I think Diego Forlan is worth a shout there. Yes, Maybe. yes, yes. For yes, United, fine. and then what was he? World Cup. He won. He won. As well? Yeah, yeah. Um, Golden Ball, two thousand eight. That's a good one. I, in fact, there's one I hadn't thought of. Robert Hooth. I've just come across. That's <laughs> 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 nice. an interesting yeah. shout. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Chelsea's Young Player of the Year, three consecutive seasons. Left for Stoke. Yeah. Um, and then ended up winning the Prem with yeah. Leicester. Mm. An interesting career path, at least. Dennis Bergkamp. He's on. I've just searched good career resurrections. Have you? I think that's what Jack Perry's doing. That's what, yeah, that's what um, I was literally doing. But I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking more organically. Right. Um, oh, all right. <laughs> don't know if we can have storage, but I think it's worth a shout. He just had one season, but why? How's? He? Well, he was at Chelsea. He's yeah. got a league league title from being at Chelsea, yeah. and then they kind of discarded him, didn't want him anymore. Yeah. And he came to Liverpool and started playing up front, which yeah, it's more of a blip never actually done. Yeah, I feel like Maybe. there's a difference between like yeah. resurrection and like yeah. developing because like even with mm. Iron Robin as well, I feel like he kind of just yeah. was developing and then yeah, I like I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other resurrections? Um, I'm just thinking maybe players who've been better later in their career. That counts. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that could have built a stroke out. Um, Adrius. Yeah, mm. he slid to my mind. Vardy obviously got good later. Well, he probably yeah. always was good, he just wasn't discovered. Yeah. Quagliarella. That's, that's boom, a boom. very good one, actually. Boom, yeah. boom. Boom, boom, Quagliarella. Because <laughs> um, obviously he had to leave his boy or club, Napoli, because of the stalking which I've spoke about before in this podcast. Very sad. And now he's joint top scorer, maybe just one behind Cristiano in Serie A, age 35. Yes, definitely. That's, that's definitely a good one. Um, I almost forgot to mention. We'll try not to spend too long on this, but we did have um, we had a question from Sam McGraw, who's a friend of mine, um, who asks which are better, curlers or thunder bastards. <laughs> now, a curler is your, you know, your David Beckham Greece World Cup, and your thunder bastard is your Tony Yaboa bouncing off the shins 
fires in off the crossbar. Um, I'm going for Thunder Bastards. Fine, what are you going for? Are we talking about specifically free kicks? I'm presuming no. not. Now you've mentioned no, Tony no. about any goal, any goal. I think curling then is okay. more technically. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. That it's more difficult. Yeah. difficult. Yeah. I just prefer the pure, unbridled satisfaction yeah. of a cleanly struck football. Mm. We're talking like Wanyama last season. Oh yeah, Ooh. the one against mm. Liverpool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, mm. There's Sen as well. Sen yes. hit a few nice yeah. ones, didn't they? They do tend to be like um, deep lying midfielders, actually, don't they? Because that's like where on the, the edge you, of the box yeah. from a corner or something. Yeah. yeah. Fullbacks get them occasionally as well, though, if they break out sort of yeah, wide, um, and then you get. Those ones that sort of go across the box and into the top corner. Yeah, Didn't Van Bronckhorst? That's what we were always thinking of. Yeah, thinking of two thousand and ten World yeah, Cup semi final. Yeah. You know, I used to like. I don't know if it does qualify as a thunder bastard, but Matt Taylor who's at Portsmouth. Yeah, I, so. I think they do. I, I like Although, the idea of just hit sure. it as hard no, as you I can. I think they go straight, not a dip. Yeah, or thunder bastards. Jack, what are you saying? I'm I'm with you on this. I'm saying thunder bastards. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, Lewis. I agree with both of you. Thunder bastards, interesting. Thunder bastards on cultured bunch. <laughs> What's your favourite curling goal then? If you cause but I think you're just saying it to be cultured. Mm. Just to be cultured, oh, a little bit. Yeah, I think you're going because <laughs> you feel like it's more. Um, I think my my favourite Beckham against Greece is hard to get away from, isn't it? In terms of. What, okay, what about from free, open play? I know, well, play. you don't get that many, do you? I, no. I mean, you get the sort of cut inside and a, a curled. Yeah. Did you see, actually, did you Messi see... Messi um, scores a few, doesn't he? Andreas Pereira's goal at the weekend. Did I you didn't. have to catch that? No. That was a, an excellent... That curled. was a, a, a whip and a mm. curled finish. I do like them, but just... I think Thunderbastards oh, could be the one. Thunderbastards, fair enough. You know that Roberto Carlos goal against France? Which yeah. is that? Is that, Le Pan, is that something else? Um, yeah, it's you mentioned something yesterday. Oh, we were saying s- swaz, weren't we? Yeah. yeah, a bit of swaz yeah. on it. Was that yesterday? No. Was no. it? I don't know. No, was, was it? That was, that was today. today. Was it earlier yeah, today? That was yeah. today. We were on about the, a couple of the Asian. Um, there's a Toshiki Honda, Suzuki Nakamura. Nakamura, yeah. yeah. They were both very good at Yeah, because Carlos does. It's kind of a knuckleball-ish thing that he does there, yeah. I think, isn't it? It's, it's like he hits it so hard. In, uh, with a certain part of his yeah. foot that the ball was well, like the old Ronaldo free kicks I kind of don't yeah. really see him anymore. that one against Arsenal yeah everyone always talks about the one against Portsmouth, Portsmouth yeah but the one against Arsenal is up there as well is that the one in the FA Cup Porto from like 40 well. yards yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, one against Porto yeah. as well one against Porto mm. I remember watching that one um, in other footballing news, England women have won the She Believes Cup. That kind of happened late last night. They beat Japan three 0 in Tampa, which is good for them. Sounds like a bit of a strange uh, setup that tournament, but wins a win. Tournaments victories are always good. Um, we have a question, which is Lewis Steele and his endless tomfoolery. He's oh, yeah. he sends he sent in a question. Pardon? To do with women's football? No, it's not, but I just no. wanted to fire this, this question off. Um, we can come back to the women's football right. if you say No, no, no. no. Um, Lewis says, do you want to read out your own question, Lewis? Um, yeah, go on then. Okay. <laughs> uh, a couple of questions. Firstly, how are Jack Perry 6's plants coming along? Um, do you want me to finish the whole question? I was going to ask you that. Would you prefer me to? I reckon I'll answer. 
Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can do that. They're doing very well. Thank you. Yeah, they're, uh, are you very proud healthy. of them? I'm very proud of them. Yeah. Um, Good. Yeah, I've had a couple down me previously, so I'm being quite cautious. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Very I think I was overly cautious before. A bit of overwatering was my issue. I'm sure. Do you water? Do you water? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I just laughs> but, but you can put like weird minerals and stuff in. Well, I've watered um, miracle when I got Lauren um, roses for Valentine's. I watered them. So I technically lemonaded them. Um, but they lasted a good. Well, they're still alive now. Is that something that's recommended? Are they, are they or pretty you? sprightly now. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was uh, how many is it meant to be? Twelve. What are you asking me? Twelve roses. Why are you asking me? Because I was going to make a promise. <laughs> Twelve about roses that. sounds, sounds I was familiar. Make a about only seven. We've only got seven. Up. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Second of all, at Mr. Andrew stuck his tongue out at me across the table at the pub after football last night. Uh, a bit of context at this one. We were. Um, everyone else was deep in a conversation, and I sort of was on my phone and zoned out from it. I think Andrew had done the same, and I looked at him, and he stuck his tongue out at me. So I wonder how he played. <laughs> I did do that, yeah, hundred percent did that. Guilty. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes when you know that happens, do you do you it with intent? Someone, no, it was. Well, I'll do it to you now. It's just like a. It's a bit strange. I felt a bit like. It was, it's not like it, it, you know. It's just like a. It's the malice um, in the act. Not at all. No, sometimes a wink as well. But yes, you do. Do um, I? Mm. Wow. Yeah, and finally, Barney, uh, would you take Hull City winning the FA Cup if it meant you could never drink a hot drink again? Oh, it's changed, has it? Yeah, it, has, yeah. it was coffee <laughs> when I last heard this. Um, but yeah, I would take that, definitely. I could, I do drink coffee a lot, but I could, it doesn't bring me that much joy. Right. Whereas Hull You've City winning the FA Cup. It's an when empty I first one. I saw you this morning, you also had one in front of you. Yeah, I've had two coffees today. Yeah. For but 20 years, it's illegal, is that the question? Yeah, forever. Oh, forever? Yeah, 20 years. I don't like that. I, could, I, I, didn't, I didn't start yeah, drinking coffee until years, I was yeah. 16 or something like that. I had a perfectly enjoyable first That's quite a long time ago now, though, isn't it? So, yeah, it's eight years ago. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> You've um, a third of your life since then. Yeah, I have. Well, yeah, no, that's... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Barry. Well, have I done, have you, done are you pleased with how that's gone? Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, I think I am relatively pleased. I think if I'd said to myself at 16 where I'd be, I think I would have yeah. been pretty pleased with myself. Regardless of the coffee drinking between those two. I would have probably... Well, what I would have probably not been as happy about is how much I spend on coffee and the fact that Hull City lost the 2014 FA Cup final. So, so maybe... That's oh, yeah. in the next eight years, they're two things that could be rectified. Definitely. Mario Balotelli celebrated quite a nice goal that he scored for Marseille at the weekend uh, by starting a, I think it was like an Instagram. Yeah, he video. did a story. Yeah, that's pretty good, really. I think I, I quite liked it. Mm. But some people were saying if you can't have phones on the bench, you're not supposed to do that, then oh. you shouldn't be doing this. But did, did he give his phone to the photographer? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's is that confirmed? So. That Unless that's the photographer was logged into Balotelli's yeah, account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about the pre-planned nature of it. Yeah, I, I don't I, like that either. Well, I always wonder when these things really? happen. Like, has mm. he had it planned at another match? I mean, Totty did it, didn't he? Yeah. I, I think yeah. Totty. Yeah. Uh, well, he what took was? a fan's phone yeah. during the 
Lazio Roma derby a few years ago and took a selfie on it. But I think that was just off a random person's phone. In fact, I don't even know if Totti has Instagram. He he probably does now, but probably invented it. Yeah, he probably did actually. Mm. Invented a lot of things, didn't he? He did. Um, Never won Syria. Oh no, he did. He did. Just once, yeah. Was that in 2000? 2000 or 2001, wasn't it? I'm yeah. not sure which. Who else was in that team? Um, Nakata, I think. Oh, did Nakata come the year after? Uh, Batistuta was in that team. Right. I think Montella, Cafu. Montella, yeah. Was yeah. Cafu in it? Yeah, he probably I don't know. I'm not sure. I know these players all yeah, played Cafu Corona just, around. Cafu was a pretty serial winner, so yeah. he just came and won it. And it's amazing. Cafu, mm. one of my best friends, yeah, probably fourth best friend. Yeah. After us three, I'm presuming. Or is that just a coincidence? Coincidence. Ah, so. uh, also, sure. might be true. I'm not willing to divulge. Um, you can ask that as your question next week. Um, in other news, uh, I saw a video of Ronnie O'Sullivan doing some uh, Australian accents uh, after a snooker game that he played in. And I enjoyed it very much and it made me think of something I often think about which is that post-match interviews in football are pretty terrible, pretty abject. No one really gets anything out of them uh, unless a manager like condemns their players. Or We had that Charlie Austin one actually. That, mm. That's happened this season, hasn't it? Yeah. Charlie Austin one and um, people made that park life thing out of it and that was probably one of the most uh, you know, fresh new bits of entertainment we've had in football in recent years. So I'd just like to see a little bit more in, in these post-match interviews but I don't know how we do it um, Barney is someone that's been interviewed after a lot of matches that you've you've performed well in this season um, any tips perhaps as to how things can be made more engaging don't know, it is quite daunting being interviewed and that's me saying that when I've been interviewed by you after five or seven <laughs> <laughs> um, and I wouldn't <coughs> say I'm particularly daunting. No, I don't find you daunting in general, but I do Thanks. in that circumstance. So I don't know what can be done. There was um, a lot of talk. We had that talk from Andy Walker. Thank you for the, t- <laughs> the, the tongue there, Andrew. I'm going to start doing that now. I'm going to start <coughs> sticking my tongue out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what you could do to, um, to make us feel more comfortable. Well, conduct the interviews with your tongue out. It sounds like it has the opposite effect at times. Yeah, I, I would agree. What's going on over <laughs> here? I've, I've, lost, <laughs> I've lost my wire. I've lost my headphone wire. Something about that. Very, very unprofessional. Um, Jack, what the hell's happened to Alexis Sanchez? Oh, that's a interesting question, Andrew. Yeah. Um, well, we were having a discussion earlier about whether just. I mean, it's been had quite a few times now whether he's just played too much football, which often is the question with players that dip early in their career. Um, but I saw an interesting point made by um, someone on Twitter saying that he played back-to-back Copa Americas in 2014-15, I think it was, and then there were tournaments either either side of them or two straight after. Um, so he essentially played four summers in a row of football, which you kind of wonder, and are, during that playing pretty much 90 minutes for Arsenal every single game, you do kind of wonder whether that much football in a short amount of time does just make a difference um, towards the end of your career. And that's not to say he's not fit enough, um, but it's just whether that like yard of explosive pace and, um, I don't know, focus, concentration, like n- natural um, finishing or instinct. I don't, I don't know. You can kind of... Um, <sighs> 
come up with all sorts of things that can go wrong with a footballer but yeah. it doesn't seem like a coincidence that he's played that much football and has now dipped um, at this point in his career I don't know I, I mean there's been a few others what were we talking was it Rooney we were saying before Torres yeah. maybe Torres yeah. Michael Owen's actually yeah. complained about it himself I think I yeah think. but was it's not just injuries multiple metatarsal injuries mm. But he doesn't he blame Hans, Liverpool? Didn't he say something like it had he been at United his, under Ferguson ham- or something that it yeah, would have been? It was different. his hamstrings, I think, rather than his metatarsals that he kept getting hamstring injuries. And it was that he came into the Liverpool team at eighteen and he just played um every game pretty much and he thinks that if they'd have held him back a little bit more that he could have been all right. What, what's difficult with that is I, f- I feel like there are players where it doesn't affect them. Like you look at Messi; he's been playing pretty regularly since he uh, came yeah. into the scene. Like, and it yeah. doesn't affect every player. But the mm-hmm. ones that it does, you can then point to it and say, "Oh, maybe it's the amount of football he's played." And if, I mean, every every football is different. Like the amount of football you play can affect every footballer differently. So yeah, it's not yeah. an exact science. I it's, don't think. No. Um, but it's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing and to be honest I'm a little bit sad I don't like Manchester United um, so you know Alexis Sanchez doing poorly there satisfies me in some ways but he's just good at football and it's quite sad to see people that are good at football not be good at football like when Pogba was slightly subdued at United it's just you don't really like to see it so um, I really like watching Sanchez play when he's on it because he's such a you know intense. Intense figure. He works hard for the team as well, as well as all the quality that he's got. So it, it is, it is quite sad. Um, but you have to say you can't really see that he's definitely going to get it back now. No, which is a shame. This is a shame, especially he's got the well. He had the perfect opportunity before this fresh injury to mm. kind of step up with. Uh, mm, and you you do wonder as well if there'll always be that question about if he'd have gone to Man City instead. Um, yeah. I do wonder how that would have worked out. Although I look at kind of, what did they sign? Did they sign Mares directly instead of him? Or was that the no, same time? No, but indirectly it? instead, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, I kind yeah. of look at where Mares like. I mean, he's playing a bit part. As, I don't know. He, he he's got a role to play, Lewis. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, he's Mahrez? got a big role to play in the remainder of the title race, which we haven't mentioned in a few weeks for various reasons. But um, I think he has a big role. But I think Sanchez is better than him. Would you have still? Not not at this current moment in time, but when he was at Arsenal, definitely. Um, Would you swap them at this moment in time? Do you think Guardiola could get Sanchez playing well? Uh, yeah, I think he could get Sanchez playing very well, actually. Um, Someone held a gun to your head now and said, keep him or swap him with Sanchez. Um, Do you stick yeah, or twist? It'd probably be an Algerian bloke on Twitter holding the gun to my head. Right. So I'd have to say Mara. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think uh, that swap would actually suit both teams. Yeah, Mahrez is a very United. I, yeah, I, I would I, like I think, Mahrez at United. I think definitely. that I think they should get that sorted. I, if I was you, I, I, I would shake hands on it right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, I wouldn't Sanchez, if I was you. You know. Well, the problem with Sanchez going off topic a little bit is his wages, isn't it? Like he's on yeah, four hundred yeah. or something mm, even more. De Gea is now requested to be the most highest paid. Yeah. And then it's just going to be a domino effect. Pogba will ask, Rashford will ask, yeah. everyone will just want a bit more money because of that. Yeah. I'm going to have to go. Yeah, I was going to say, Barney Stevenson's departing. Which is um, quite sad. Yeah, it is quite yeah. sad. What well, are you doing? Are you pausing it or are we just going through with well, me? Well, say bye and then Russell in. I'll, um, yeah, thank you, Barney, for attending. It's been an absolute time. pleasure. I'm probably here and packing up here. I'm yeah. Gonna, uh, yeah. Putting my laptop away. That'll do for part one.
Welcome back to part two of the 5W Football Podcast. And then there were three. Barney Stevenson's left us. We've got a question to kick us back off with from uh, Catherine Batty, who is um, a regular panellist on this show. She asks, as it was Harry Maguire's birthday yesterday, I'd like the panel to name their favourite header of a footballer. Jack Perry, this is an ambiguous question. I'm leaving it open to your interpretation. I'd interpreted, it, interpreted this as my favourite header um, ever. And the one that just came to mind straight away was... Um, Darren Fletcher in 2005-06 season. It was a looping back post header. We won 1-0 against Chelsea. Um, and it was just a match-winning moment from one of my favourite footballers, Darren Fletcher. So that would be mine, yeah. Lewis. Um, Vincent Company against um, Man United when we won the league, won now. Um, well, technically won the league. Uh, that was my favourite, like, like a big bullet header from a centre-half from a corner. Normally comes around the 57th minute, as we know. Um, although that one didn't, um, I think that was forty-two. Um, Van Persie against was it against Spain? I don't even know. Uh, that one, yeah, that weird one. Yeah, I think it was yeah. against Spain. I've watched. It, I've probably seen the goal about a hundred times, but I can't remember. I think it, it was against Spain, Spain because they beat them five. Uh, yeah, but I actually think. What was it? I can't remember. To be yeah, honest. Yeah, I remember watching that game. Because Robin um, scored two. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and you're going for a few here. Robin scored a good one against Bayern. Um, do you remember that one? Uh, but I actually think the question means the best header of a football, right. which I'm not going to answer because I can't think of anyone. Okay, well, Ronaldo is good. My yeah. favourite single header of a football, the single individual moment was Steven Gerrard Istanbul because that started the whole thing and it was a very very good header, um, angled into the far corner from a John Arnaurisa cross. The other angle of it, who's the best? individual at heading a football I like players that are smaller and they're good in the air so for that reason I have to give Tim Cahill a mention even though he's an Everton player I also always was a fan of uh, Chikorito in the air Oh, he scored a back header a little. Do you remember that Again, one? Yeah, against Stoke, potentially. Stoke, I think you're right. Um, yeah, yeah. I like small players that go in the air. Uh, Ivan Cordoba, who played for Inter Milan, was quite a... I think he was about 5'11", which isn't that small but for a centre-back. Uh, a weird one, actually, was Patrice Everett at the end of his career. He scored quite a few headers. He went through a phase, didn't he? It was bizarre, but... Yeah. Was that under Moyes? Um, some of them were, but I think, I think it was like the last two or three years at United, he just... Scored quite a few headers, a bit bizarrely. Um, yeah. Actually, one that I meant to mention there was Ronaldo's header against Chelsea in the Champions League final, which I kind of forgot about. Yeah. When you mentioned, yeah, which was one it's of his best. It's just the way he like jumps in the air, isn't and it? just hangs there. He can, and ha- just, he can hang, can't he? Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm quite glad that Juve are pretty much out of the Champions League as well. So we've got rid of the serial winners Real Madrid and the serial winner Ronaldo. Mm. Hopefully. I'm who's your Who's your money on this year? Um, Atletico. Yeah, I think yeah. Mm. Or Barca. Barca. I think it'll be, be back in Spain again. Yeah. I think Barca won it. I kind of want them to. I don't think the English teams have the bottle to do it. No. I think City can get to a final, but would maybe not have the experience to grind out a result. I don't think they have the sort of when it's not going their way, they can manage the game well enough. So. I'm quite intrigued by the idea that Liverpool could end up winning the Champions League because yeah. no one's thinking about it really. Yeah. Yeah, which would be quite weird. Could happen. Got to get still a in it. Allianz. Do you think losing in a final now gives them that experience? Lewis was just mentioning to win it, or is well, it does it go the other way in Sky? Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. the question, I guess. Well, I always think that you have to lose a final to win a final. I've always had that sort of. So when you say, but City need the bottle and the 
the kind of know-how to win when it's not going their way how mm-hmm. th- is that just a case of losing finals do you think no because we're actually very good in finals like we've won a lot of Carabao uh, it's only the Carabao Cup but mm. it's still a final and a lot of them uh, Pep's only lost one final in his career um, but it's for me it's like we're used to dominating every team we come up against and it's when they go 1-0 down they don't mm. have the, the mental capacity to sort of say lads just calm down and they normally when they go 1 down they go 2 down do you think you can learn and develop that? Yeah, I think, well, Real Madrid sort of did so, I think. Um, yeah, I think maybe next season City's year yeah. in the Champions League. Okay. A bit older and wiser, Stones and Laporte will be a lot more thingy together. Yeah. Mm. The other thing that's happened recently um, is Germany international team have told... Jerome Boateng, Thomas Muller and Matt Hummels that they will no longer be selected for the national team. Um, Joachim Löw said that 2019 is the year of the new start for the German national team. Uh, I thought this was very interesting, particularly for Muller, who's 29 and scored 38 goals in 100 international games. He, of course, exploded onto the scene at the 2010 World Cup and then also scored a fair few as they won the 2014 World Cup. Um, it seems a bit drastic to me. Like I don't see why they have to tell them that they no longer will be selected. It seems like a bit of a grand gesture that doesn't necessarily need to be made. Like Hummels was pretty good as well um, for Bayern Munich against Liverpool recently. So it seems a bit extreme to me. Uh, Lewis, what did you think about this? Um, yeah, it was quite strange. Um, but I can get fully behind. Maybe not. Uh, I thought Hummels was a bit weird because he still plays every week for Bayern whereas I don't think Muller does who's the other one Boateng uh, yeah, I, think, Boateng I don't think he does either. I think it is Sula well, and Sula, yeah. Hummels so I think Hummels is strange but then uh, the other two I can I can see why they've done it they want to uh, bleed in the new generation which he obviously did like in the decade before the World Cup went so they're trying to build yeah, I just kind of think why close the door yeah, because yeah. they did that thing in England with Vardy and Kale where they said, "Yeah, because you also like in that going back to that Bayern Munich game. I know he's not German, but Javi Martinez was very good, and he's thirty. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's that age, isn't it? It doesn't mean they're not useful anymore. Like look what Pirlo did after the age of thirty. Yeah, thirty-two for me is like a very good age to be competing in a European Championships. Well, they're probably thirty-one actually, won't they? So it's not old, but I can mm. still I can still see why he's, why they've done it. Mm. Um, I think Spain will probably do the same after the next Euros and and say to Ramos, PK and uh, Busquets, all that sort of like off you go lads, um, and bring in some new lads. Yeah, I guess there comes a point when that that generation stopped being successful, which has definitely happened with Germany yeah. now. I do think, like you say, the timing's a bit strange because, like you say, why not just after the World Cup? Um, yeah. But yeah, there comes a point where you just kind of have to be like, this is this generation's done. They've they've kind of reached their peak, which Germany obviously did, yeah. um, get to the very top of the game. So yeah, I, I I don't have a problem with the decision. Yeah, and it's an interesting time as well because um, I'd argue that we've got the maybe the most desirable group of young players around Europe. Um, we kind of modelled a lot of our grassroots development around the German model of what they did to get to their 2014 peak, in which they, of course, did win the World Cup, so that has to be a seen as a success. But I thought it was kind of interesting that they spend... It's like it's it's a 10- to 15-year kind of blueprint to get you to that level. 
for one. It's a, I don't know. It's one tournament win uh, a successful outcome. I mean, I suppose it is because it's the World Cup, isn't it? But I just think with England, with thinking about the timing of the likes of Sancho and I think Hudson Odoi is very good. I think he's in that bracket as well. I was thinking about the twenty twenty two World Cup, and I'm thinking, does it? Does it come too soon? Or Sancho's doing very well now. He could well be one of the best players in the world at that point. That's a tough question. That I think mm. I, I think it depends when it depends when players peak as well. I think you get some players who, who peak before they're twenty five. So if if the group of young players that we've got are playing regularly and are pretty much at the height of their powers before the age of twenty five, which definitely happens. You look at the age of Ballon d'Or winners, and it's not uncommon to get young uh, winners. So. I, I don't think you can say it comes too soon yet, just purely by age, because it could it could work out perfectly. But I guess there's an argument that if it arrives, we perform poorly, and all our players are our key players are around twenty four ish, then we say it comes too soon. I, it, it's difficult. I don't know what what. Yeah, no, it is a difficult question. We've also got a couple of we've got a quick couple of questions to round off before we leave. The first one comes from Isaac Johnson, friend of yours, Lewis. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's a Nottingham Forest fan. They play Hull in the Championship this weekend. He says, brackets, hi, Barney. Uh, Barney's gone now, Isaac, I'm afraid, but Barney, I'm sure, would have said hello, Isaac. <laughs> Interestingly, the Tigers have won the last five city ground meetings whilst the Reds unbeaten in their last four league visits to the KCOM. What are some of the panel's favourite unusual records in football? Either of you got one that comes off the top of your head? Um, there's Harry Kane not scoring in your uh, in August. He, he has now though, hasn't he? Didn't he score this season? In August? Yeah, but yeah, until this season. Yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah. But that one was quite good. There was, there was the run of Sunderland managers coming in and beating Newcastle in like the first few games. I think it was De Canio, Dick Advocat, Gus Poirier, uh, Big Sam as well. Uh, that one was very good. Um, there was a thing where Wijnaldum was quite averse to scoring away from away home. Goals, that yeah. happened for a long time. Was it is Milner's record now gone of scoring and of not losing sure. in every game he scored? Yeah, I've quite was enjoyed a good one. That and then obviously on the back of that, there was the Bale one about him never being involved in a winning yeah. team for like the first forty odd games. Yeah. There's uh, AC Milan have played in their away kit in every Champions League final win that they've had. Nice. They're, they're white. It's always been white, white as well. Yeah. There was yeah. that. It's not. I'm not going to count as a record, but it just came to my mind that thing where whenever Aaron Ramsey scored, that like someone died. Do you remember yeah, that? yeah. They tried to resurrect that this this time with um, was it when did he score and then Keith Flint died or was it oh, someone was else? Recently, wasn't it? So oh, Aaron Ramsey. Yeah, because he scored. Well, did he score at the weekend? He did score at the weekend. Yeah. And then he scored against Tottenham. Nice goal. He got broken. Yeah, got broke yeah he did. It was a nice Whitney finish. Actually, Houston died as well after one. There was been lot. No, that must have been there was long some time. sort of terrorist. That's the second. That's Saddam Hussein. Maybe. That's the second consecutive week in which you mentioned Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an interesting record. Let's try and get that one going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> search Aaron Ramsey, and the first article is actually it's from the Express. Prodigy singer Keith Flint becomes seventeenth star to pass away after Aaron Ramsey scores, um, and I can see from the picture you've got. Uh, I'm going to have to click off about 7 million adverts. Um, let's see, we've got... Robin, I feel like we've answered Robin that quite Williams. well off the top of yeah. our head. Yeah, yeah off the top of the I head. think there's one more. Is, this is Jack Colwell's. How is it? Yeah. What, what he you presents a, a, a rugby podcast called Scrums and Scrumpy, so if you're that, way, if you're that way inclined, um, yeah, go check that one out. Uh, the, the funny thing is that it's um, one of them doesn't like Scrumpy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One of them... Uh, 
what is it? Two lads who like scrumpy scrums. and one just like scrums. No, they what? Two, but they all like scrumpy, and two of them like no, they all they like, are like scrums. scrums, but only two like scrumpy. Scrumpy is cider for right. people who don't understand what. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, Jack Corwell asks, has there ever been a more disastrous interim forward slash caretaker manager than Santiago Solari? Relatedly, after Rail's efforts tonight, what is the biggest collective head loss you've ever seen from a team? Collective head loss? Uh, Spurs against Chelsea when they had like nine yellow cards. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the earlier question, there's a lot of bad interim managers, a lot at Chelsea actually. Um Joe Kinnear as well, he was quite bad at Newcastle. Shearer bad? I can't remember how Yeah, he was terrible. Yeah, yeah but he, I don't think he was uh, interim, was he? Um, Gary Monk did quite bad with uh, Swansea. Um, who else is there? There's Rafa Benitez at Chelsea. Chelsea hated him. But they won the, Euro- they won the Europa League under him, didn't they? I don't think so. I thought, they, I thought they won something. They won the Europa League under him. The year after they won the oh, Champions League. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, um, what's his name now? Uh, you know the Leroy Raci- Liam Rossini, which one is it? His one of them got appointed as a manager, and then he lasted for an hour. Yeah, that joke about Liam Rossini, where who was it? Um, it was on the Football Weekly Guardian, where someone pronounced Rossini as Rosinoir. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy Rosinoir. Um, coming back to Robert Hoof, you mentioned before Jack uh, Hamish Arnold, who's another fan of the podcast, has replied to Catherine's question and said uh, Robert Hoof didn't even need to jump to get power when he headed the ball mm. so yeah very good header of the ball fair play really in fact there was a header at the weekend was it not a uh, company almost set someone through speaking of speaking of good headers of the ball what, I'm sure he had a mean not like an attacking header like a defensive header a defensive header that almost yeah, set someone almost up set, um, an Aguero, Aguero yeah, I think it was Aguero think by that logic you'd also have to say crouch because he didn't need to jump well, a lot true. of players in Tony Pulis's Stoke. Sorry, who else was it? Um, Luca Toni oh. actually, I feel deserves a mention. Yeah, do you know he's fell into a few. I think Mikel Antonio, he's really, really good. In yes, the air. very Andy, underrated. Andy Carroll's pretty mad in the air, if we're being honest. No, yeah, I don't know why I didn't think of all these before, but kind um, of salmon. Yeah, <laughs> jumps like a <laughs> leaves like a yeah. yeah. Um, and if he scored a chip, it was a fish and chips. Nice, very good. Um, very good, right, that just about brings us to a close, I think. Uh, Jack Perry, you need to get yourself off to training and I don't want to you know, delay you any longer. I do, appreciate well, that, Andrew. Thank you very much for joining me here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Lewis has slammed his laptop <laughs> short. He says, enough is enough. I want to it was go. It a bit like uh, Rafa Benitez, how he puts his glasses in his inside pocket after a win. Certainly was. Um, business is done. Um, what are you for the rest of the day, Lewis? Jack's um, going to be training. Um, I have a few things on the to-do list, a bit of housework, a bit of um, just just many sundry sort of activities. Sundries. <laughs> <laughs> the poppadoms, yeah. the chutneys. Yeah, that sort of thing. Very good. Miscellaneous. Wonderful. Um, right, thank you very much, listener. Uh, we'll be back this time next week. See you then. See you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>